what is the name of the site? Arcanebullshit.com. Oh, late night Kate's going to go shopping. Yeah, they should be a sponsor. We got to talk about their decks one day, and then maybe they will be next time. We'll just send them. Gunther, fire up that guitar, you son of a bitch. Hey, hello, listener, and welcome to your new 68th favorite podcast right behind Buzzing Hard with Mike Pence's Fly. It's Destroy the Files. This is a podcast we should maybe just delete shortly after recording, and where the only limit is your imagination, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate, writer, editor, future hula hoop champion. Nice, and I'm Brent, story writer, beer enjoyer, private snoop for hire if you were at work a child a child at work out on a date delivering a eulogy preparing for an important exam performing surgery or my own dear sweet mother it is recommended that you listen to something else besides this highly entertaining and informative podcast how you doing brent oh i am doing great packers one as you know ah we'll get into that i did know that really i did yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. Yay! How about you? How 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 you doing? Good, good. It's uh, the Halloween season and uh, mid October here in the um, fine city of Los Angeles. The switch turns over and it goes from 150 degrees in the shade to um, a nice brisk and chilly 70. So uh, that's oh. happening, and I got a sweater on. I'm excited. Well, I, here. I'm wearing, and we do have snow on the ground. It's a winter wonderland out there. It's not usually. It's been for a couple weeks, started snowing. What the fuck? So I am wearing, of course, a pair of shorts and a T-shirt with the sleeves cut off. What, is, what does that say? Obama can't take these guns. That's right. And then the arrows point to my, to my giant pipes. You're cold. I'm, I'm hot. I'm also not wearing socks. If, does that matter? Is that important to anything? I, I have socks on for both of us. See, you, you know, my feet feel hot. You just mentioning that you're wearing socks. <laughs> but this portion of the podcast is brought to you by the accountability bros. Should you be writing? Are you fucking around instead? Well, guess what, sugar mouth? The accountability bros are going to reward your laziness with a flurry of boots to your dumbass head. Wow, cool. You've leveled up your fish in SpongeBob Online. Well, the accountability bros will be stopping by with your reward, and they'll be drunk as the day is long. That's the accountability bros. Shuffle up and deal with it, you lazy puddle of liquid panda shit. Welcome. <laughs> I think aggressive. I need an account with them. Yeah, they are aggressive. They'll, they'll, you'll get your writing done, or, or you'll be sorry you didn't. You know, right? Uh, it's a expensive monthly subscription fee, but I think it's well, it's worth every penny. Uh-huh. Yes. So, um, hopefully, everyone will sign up for a nice account with them, and and we'll all get everything done because of fear. Yeah. Thanks, accountability bros. That guy's all like eyes swollen shut, arm in a sling. Do you remember last week when we were talking about lampreys? Yeah, yeah. It turns out they are not eels. They're no. a jawless fish. I meant um, to look up how you prepare them to eat, 
but instead I got mesmerized by reading about their life cycle. So the adults spawn in a nest of sand and gravel. And then the lady just swims through it? Well, not exactly. They create nests called reds by moving rocks and stuff around. And the females release thousands of eggs, sometimes up to 100,000. And the male intertwined with the female in a, in a slippery, slimy, jawless love embrace fertilizes the eggs simultaneously. And then they both die. Now, I imagine... So romantic. Yeah, I mean, do they get to smoke a cigarette first? Uh, probably not being there underwater, but I don't know. I didn't verify it with a marine biologist. If uh, any of our listeners are marine biologists, you can fuck off. <laughs> See what I did. Uh, anyway, they they go through a metamorphosis. They um, are they tasty at every stage because throughout history, humans have been eating the eels, and I'm a little perplexed by the fact that I have never put an eel in my mouth. Beer-battered fried lamprey seems. How do you cook lamprey? It says here, they're not bad to stomach after you cut the head off. Lampreys are an incredibly noxious, destructive pest that knocked the stuffing out of fish in the Great Lakes, and they're currently a problem on on Cayuga Lake. This is at Syracuse.com. I think I've been to that lake there by... uh, Syracuse used to live in that area. It's cold there. You dangle your feet in the water and bring in some lamprey. (laughs) On the one hand, they attach themselves using their mouth to the sides or bellies of fish and use their raspy tongues to drill a hole and stick out, suck out their host's body fluids. Oh man. Yeah. There's a picture of them. Oh geez. That mouth is just, they have a different taste like squid. The French eat them with delight. England's Henry I died while eating a large meal of lampreys. And some of the Native American tribes out on the Pacific coast eat lamprey and are concerned about their decline there. They hardly have any... Forever. Like an eel pie? I I recall something in Shakespeare about the eel pie, which to me does not sound delicious. But people would wolf that down. Boil some eel and stick it in a pie. Our friend Joshua Rainbird could probably tell us all about how delicious eels are in a pie. We can get into that um, on our next episode. Wink. Sea lampreys, which manage to survive in both salt and fresh water, are found all through the Great Lakes. And it says you cut them them into pieces, cut them into chunks. They don't have any bones, hardly any bones. Oh. Oh, here's a picture of a guy dumping a bunch out of a net. Are they squirmy? It's not uh, a video. It's it's a still picture, but yeah, they're moving all. You over. can imagine. He's got this weird grin on his face, like he's up to he's he's gonna do something unnatural. To I I don't even I'm I'm gonna close this window because I'm getting uncomfortable. Oh, bleed the lamprey by hanging it by the head and cutting the tail over a container to collect the blood. When there's no blood dripping anymore, dip the lamprey in boiling water for one minute. Take it out and peel it. Put the slices in the container of blood. Cut the white part out of the leeks into um, two to three inch chunks. Put them in butter. Add the diced ham, the shallots, and onions. Sprinkle with flour. 
wine and broth they're really going to a lot of trouble to make these things palatable i I might be a vegetarian now to be honest like uh that's it like um i'm gonna have a turnip nasty thing to be uh, i could be wrong i what do i know i never went to culinary school culinary school it doesn't matter um culinary right sure yeah that sounds right during metamorphosis, the lamprey loses both the gallbladder and the biliary tract, and the endostyle turns into a thyroid gland. Fascinating. All right, stop right there. I see where this is going. No, no, you're wrong. Oh, all right. All right. So anyway, they come out. They're they're a little uh, after hatching from the eggs, the young larvae called amocoites or something. Amos well drift downstream with the current till they reach a soft and fine sediment. They'll burrow in the mud and take up existence as filter feeders, or they don't really have a, a an eye on the outside. Their eyes they go through metamorphosis and then they some of them die right out. They metamorphosize. Now now they're a grown up lamprey. Then they then they mate and then they then they're dead. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called a pouched lamprey here that looks like it's got a. A scrotum growing from its face. Popular with the ladies. Oh yeah, my eyes are up here. So so that's that's lampreys. And wow. I guess I'm gonna tie that right in to my local area fishing report real quick. Okay. If I may. Sure. Tomahawk fishing bulletin. October twenty seventh. Local fishing report. Zero lampreys caught in the Tomahawk area. Several non-lamprey fish were caught, however. Also, another swimming season comes to a close with zero shark attacks in northern Wisconsin. Again. Suck it, Australia. So are you a late-night shopper by any chance, Brent? (laughs) I think you know the answer to that is yes. So late-night Kate bought a very interesting present for me. I wanted to share this with you. I can't read it because it's backwards. But I bought myself, or late night Kate bought me, a hula hoop. And it is shape the charming S type. Oh. Right? It prevent bruises. Oh, you want prevent bruise. Not to hurt the waist without pain. And I'd like to read the instructions or the warnings to you. Oh, yeah. I can see it behind you. It does look kind of dangerous. Is it dangerous looking? I tried it. I was quite the hula hooper as a 10-year-old. Turns out I cannot do it anymore. I'm going to go out in the yard and, like, humiliate myself for several hours until I can do it again. Never be afraid to suck at something new. Right. Matthew finds it very amusing. There are some cautions on the package, and I thought I'd read these to you. Number one, this is caution for use. Number one, do not dissemble the projection. Not going to do that. No. Number two, those who use the hoop first may have some bruise pain or itch on the abdomen (laughs) or the waist due to the massaging and product. In this case, wear a training uniform and control the strength of exercise. Oh. Right? Yeah, I hate bruise pain. 
and I'm going to have to late night shop for a, um, a training uniform. <laughs> All right. Number three, be careful not to Clyde, C-L-I-D-E, with children or objects around you during exercise. Like message for life, right? Do not Clyde with children ever. Well, you could. Here's, here's what you do is you embed razor blades around the outside and then you can Clyde with whatever you want. You're just going to like cutting kids in half and shit. And we have one more. Number four, do not use the hoop if you are a pregnant woman or and feeble person or if your joints, back or waist is not in good condition. <laughs> Great. So I'm no feeble person. So I'm very excited to get out there in my training uniform. You need like one of those weightlifters belts to support your lower back. It's a freaking hula hoop. It's a choo, choo, choo. It, it should be easy. I don't understand why I can't do it anymore. I was so good at that. I do mm-hmm. it on the arm and all around. And, well, yeah. I think a, a mistake that a lot of people make with the hula hooping is they try and, and make the body go in, in a circular motion. You really don't need to go back and forth. Oh, I'm going to try that. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it has been uh, quite a while since I've done it, but I, I feel confident that I'm going to master it and like be, maybe I could get into the, the Guinness Book of World Records. I can do it for like three weeks straight. I got to check in the book and see mm-hmm. like how long you have to do it to win the prize. Yeah. I'm the champion, going to be the champion. I know it. It'd definitely be worth finding that information out. Or it's going to be in my closet for the rest of my life. One of the two is going to happen. It's in a good spot. I mean, whether you use it or not, I think I think leaning against the roll top desk is is where that thing should be. It just looks so natural there. Yeah, I'm gonna is I'm gonna well, we'll see. It clicks together. It mm. came in pieces, mm. and um, there's no way to ever take it apart again because. Like I read all, there's many more instructions that are equally as informative as those cautions. When we started the video chat and I could see that behind you, I kind of looked at it. I didn't think anything of it. I just looked at the hula hoop. My brain said, there's Kate's hula hoop. That was it. I have an eight-year-old in the house. So there are lightsabers and lego titanics he builds a lot of lego titanics fascinated with the lego titanic laser guns nerf darts just anything you get kind of desensitized nothing nothing really jumps out so i want to get your opinion on something real quick i saw this article in futurism.com scientists send boston dynamics robot dog into chernobyl oh man a lot of a lot of people respond right away. Oh, not come on now! It's twenty twenty. Just wait, you know. I'm the opposite. I'm like, get in there, robot. You know, you get some radiation. Maybe maybe some like radioactive, like used to be a coyote or something, just like falls off the ceiling and splats onto you. It makes you into something new. And you know, now you're in Life charge. Life as we know it is over. Yeah. All hail our new coyote robot dogs just run us from here on out. Yeah. Couldn't be any worse. Couldn't Honestly, be any worse. Really? really? Do you want to sports the sports? Sure. Um, do I have to do it? 
because no. I know nothing of it. No, I'm just going to give you the recap of the Packers' victory over the Texans last Sunday. Oh, yay. Yeah. I know you, I know you look forward to these. That's, that's right. why I'm never going to stop. All right. Here we go. Let's sports the sports. It was the Green Bay Packers visiting the Houston Texans in what would be a battle for the ages. It all began with the Packers receiving the kick and marching the field, capping off the drive with, a, with Rodgers hitting Devontae Adams on a three-yard jam route for a touchdown. The Texans struck back by sucking for three downs and then punting. The Packers struck again at the beginning of the second quarter when Rodgers connected with Jace Sternberger on a three-yard tip-snip route. The Rodgers threw the ball so hard it became embedded in Sternberger's ribcage for what will no doubt go down as the most gruesome NFL touchdown since 1968 when Howie Littman was decapitated. Now, if you remember that one, Kate, uh, he got the interception. He's running. He gets hit at the 10 or something. Head comes off. Blood sprays everywhere. The body keeps running the last 10 yards for the score. And the opposing team was too stunned to do anything about it. But that's way off track. So the, the Packers score again and go into the locker room at halftime up 21 nothing. Coach LaFleur notices Packers fire has gone out, Kate. Gone out. He gives Same. him his most powerful halftime speech of his career, but it's just like the whole team thinks they've already won and nobody really cares and whatever. That's when he gets an idea. It's when he became inspired to seek inspiration. He makes the call he hoped he'd never have to make. Just the greatest emergency. And my phone rings. I answer. Brent, he says, I just don't know what I'm going to do. These guys just stopped caring, and I'm the only one left who cares, and I need help. I need help, he said to me, Kate. I tell him, just calm down, blast a couple thick rails of Colombian nose motivation, and everything will be fine. I've tried, he says to me. And he says, he's almost in tears. I told him, you got so busy trying, coach. You got so busy trying, you forgot to do. That's when I could hear the whole team. Kate, he had me on speakerphone, and they all got real quiet for a long moment. Then one of them started clapping, real slow at first. Uh, then another joined in, and another, and soon the whole Packers locker room was clapping and cheering. You want to know what they did after that, Kate? They went back out there, and they finished that damn game. When the Packers were done with them, half of the Texans team wanted to get traded to Green Bay, and the other half wanted to fucking quit football. There was this whole insanity, whatever, when the tornado came through, but we don't really have to get into that. Um, anyway, the Packers went five, go, go to five and one with a 35 to 20 victory over the Texans. Hot dog. I love football. Good work, Brent. Hey. Good work. Well, Try, well, don't just, do. No, the other way around. Got so busy do. trying. Got so busy trying, you forgot to do. Yeah. I found, truly. Yeah. It's like that came from space or something. Uh, close. You're you're thinking of uh, do or do not. There is no try, which Yoda says to uh, uh, Padme Amidala um, after she was disfigured by R2D2 when he flung acid in her face. Hot 
dog, I love Star Wars. So what's been on your mind, Kate? So this is the season for Halloween. Mm. The best time of the year for some people, like us, right? Are you mm. a, a big fan of the Halloween? I got married on Halloween. I heard that. And we have this whole big tote full of Halloween decorations that I can't put out because fucking snow. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm listening, though. All right. I'm a fan. So, uh, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, Halloween rituals in, in your house? That, uh, other than, like, probably some trick-or-treating with the young one? Oh, I mean, nothing <laughs> unusual. We... We carve some jack-o'-lanterns. We slaughter a black goat. You know, try to start a forest fire and see how much, how much land we can burn before the fire department contains the blaze. They're we usually just ahead of us. turn out our lights and pretend that we're not home. Mm. But, you know, Halloween is a state of mind. I, I put up some decorations about 15 years ago. And every year we just add to those. So they never come down. We just, like there are paper bats from many years ago and you, you gotta replace the pumpkins periodically cause that gets stinky. But my number one goal is to terrify the neighborhood children. If I can do that, I feel like my life is complete. Job well done. Right, because there's nothing better than scaring children. So we, you know, light some effigies in the backyard and make uh, horrible screaming noises and, you know, dance naked in the light of the moon. That yeah. kind of stuff. Neighborhood kids love that. Typical Halloween fun. Mm. In Ireland, they do it a little differently, though. There's this uh, special cake for this time of year. It's called the, well... If I were to pronounce it the way it's spelled, it would be barmbrack. But, you know, it's Irish, so it probably starts with an S and ends with a Z. Mm. I have no idea how you really pronounce it. But we'll call it barmbrack for now. This looks pretty tasty. It's got the currants and the raisins and other stuff and the cake stuff. Kind of like a fruit cake. Some uh, yummy-looking glaze on the top. You know, mm. Mm, cake. So the thing that's special about this cake, though, is that there's um, some things inside of it that are wrapped up in parchment. And if you get one of these, it's going to uh, tell you your future. Hopefully you're not going to bite into this stuff too really hard because, you know, if your future is going to be you got to get a tooth replaced, you know, that would suck. But if you happen to get the dried bean, that means you're going to be a spinster. Like, you're going to be spinning some yarn into gold is what that means. You nice. get the bean. Getting paid. <laughs> All right. So if you get the little piece of cloth wrapped up in paper, like, that's not much of a part. It means poverty next year. It's probably going to make me gag. Yeah. Most of these... Yeah, I don't know what happens if you just swallow them and never see them. Like, maybe you mm. get double fortune, like when you find it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, then if you get the coin, that means cha-ching, 
It's like almost as good as being a spinster is like getting money. And then uh, if you get the ring, that means you're going to get married. Hmm. So um, that's the Barmbrack. It's uh, celebrated this time of year. And um, I'm thinking I might bake one of those up. That sounds kind of fun, putting stuff in cake and letting people choke on it. I know yeah, if you, I want to give that to. If you, if you find the, the tack. Or the person who doesn't find the broken glass. Grandma found the square of LSD. <laughs> Come on, Grandma, let's get you into the chair. So over in that general area of the British Isles, people seem to be a little bit obsessed with their marital prospects right around this time of year. Um, there's a tradition in England uh, for staring in the mirror until you see someone staring back over your shoulder, and that's who you're going to marry. I used to do that a lot as a teenager. Well, for the, the regular vanity reason because um, teenage girls kind of like to look at their face. But um, I also read somewhere that if you looked in the mirror long enough, you could summon a demon. And um, as a teen, you know, as I mentioned, I didn't spend a lot of time in high school. So summoning a demon would have been right like up my alley. I would have hung out with a demon like took out the whole town, I would have been fine with that. But I stared and stared. Sometimes, like, my mom would go to work and drop me off at school, and then I'd come home and, like, stare in, in the mirror for, mm. like, the full six hours I was supposed to be at school. Don't did tell you, Did you have the, the light turned down? Yeah. Low, yeah. low light, okay. Yeah, yeah it was kind of darkish. And a demon never did uh, manifest. Just Johnny Depp. No, he didn't either. But like really weird things happen when you do that. Um, yeah. It helps, you know, a little smoke in the weed doesn't hurt to um, to bring that right along and make that more interesting. What yeah. is this devil's cabbage you keep, everybody keeps talking about? Oh, maybe, maybe we can get into that some other time. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I might try that again one day. Like the city... I don't know. I don't think I have the patience to um, stare at my face for a whole six hours anymore. Mm. You know, there's you know more going on in, in life now than back there in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. Because uh, if you live there, I, I apologize because we have a listener from that area, right? I yeah, think. I think that city has um, has really picked up. And it's it's energy level since you know many years ago when I was there. But uh, well, we'll have to ask the cipher scribe to cipher can give us an update on on Wichita Falls. Yeah, hear that, some bitch. <laughs> As for other Halloween, I guess celebrations we'll call them. We've got the uh, the Devil's Night. Uh, so this one isn't actually on Halloween. It's on October 30th, Halloween Eve Eve. This one can actually be uh, genuinely scary. It's pretty much just the purge, only 
confined to a particular city. It started out in um, Detroit and then it moved to a few other places and there's like breaking glass and um, fires and you know, rioting and crazy business and running around and most places have put a stop to it, you know, as a Halloween celebration. And it's just now, I guess, like what cities are going to be like from here on out. So, yeah. Happy Halloween, y'all. Sweet. I always wanted a reason to go downtown Tomahawk and just raise hell. Did you break some windows, set some things on fire? Yeah, I mean... I haven't. I didn't build that flamethrower for nothing. <laughs> I love a good riot, to be honest, but I don't really want to get one on me. Yeah, you just kind of want to go and stand off to the side and smoke. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's one last really cool um, celebration. It's not technically on Halloween. It's the um, the Day of the Dead which is November, is it November 1st or November 3rd? I, um, there must be an expert out there somewhere who knows. I want to say All Souls Day or All Saints Day. I think one of, you know, I should have Googled that. But, you know, Brent will do it while I'm talking. But anyway, this is a really cool holiday. And the ghosts for this aren't scary. They're people you're related to and that you um, you still have to feed even though they're dead. Fuck those movies. Um, so here in, in Los Angeles, there's some real, really beautiful ofrendas that people put up every year in, in cemeteries. And those are like altars. Um, they have marigolds and um, sugar skulls and all sorts of food and drink. And the marigolds um, are supposed to attract ghosts because they're so bright and colorful and smell good but ghosts are colorblind no that's dogs they can't see color yeah they can because mm. they come they flock right to the marigolds put those out in your yard you're going to be lousy with ghosts that might be an old wives tale after the celebration the living people eat the food but because the spirits have uh, sucked all the essence out of it. It has no nutritional value. So you like eating bread and cake and candy hmm. and has no effect on you whatsoever. It's like when you eat late at night and nobody's looking, the calories don't count. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, but it all still tastes the same, I guess. So, and that is uh, Day of the Dead, Dia de los muertos which i could have pronounced better but i didn't begins november one ends november two okay all souls day maybe all souls day is um november third i think that's when the germans behead their beloved no send their souls back where they belong yeah, this this article it's either November second or November third, depending on for the souls of all good who have passed away. What about like chaotic neutral? I don't give a shit. Right? 
do you uh, do you have any thoughts on the Halloween? Very interested in in learning more about Devil's Night. I did watch The Crow. It's been a while. I should watch that again. I the, once wrote a story about the the Devil's Night, uh, and it um, it managed to uh, get into a book called um, Haunted Nights, uh, um, uh, edited by Ellen Datlow and Lisa Morton. And um, nice. it's a really good um, collection of stories to read on Halloween. You need to remind me to look for that, or I could try and remember myself, but <laughs> pretty sketch these days. I could probably just send you. Offer accepted. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by a super cool knife your wife would never let you buy. Job got you down, world got you stressed, side action won't shut up about wanting to meet your kid. Well, you need a super cool knife your wife would never let you buy. Sure, it's expensive. Sure, it's unnecessarily sharp and large. Sure, you will literally never use it for any practical purpose. But that's what this country was built on. Built on hard work. Built on determination. Built on the promise that every man deserves. A super cool knife your wife would never let you buy. Who's going to tell her anyway? She doesn't listen to this podcast. No, she's got better things to do with her time. Don't be allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) So by the fanged wang of Satan, did we get some mail or did we get some mail? We did. Did you get mail? I got mail. I got a little bit of mail. You go first. I talk last. Well, okay. Joshua Rainbird, our dear friend, our dear lamprey gobbling friend, has a couple thoughts. He says, don't forget you still have that outstanding Father Christmas conundrum to address as you failed to come up with an adequate answer last time. No evasion this time. As he, he asked last time, we, we, we dodged it last time he asked, quick question for tonight. How will Father Christmas deliver my presence to the stocking at the end of my bed when he is required by law to maintain a social distance of two meters at all times? And will he be wearing a mask because they're scary? First part of that is Joshua. Yes, he will be wearing a gimp mask. The zipper will be closed for your protection. Stockings go on the fireplace. If you don't have a fireplace, they go on like the closet door or something, but not on the end of your bed because old men who whip animals don't belong in your bedroom. You know, nobody told Santa Claus, Father Christmas, that he had to whip those deer. He just whips them. No, he's not allowed in your bedroom, Joshua. You hang that stocking out in the living room near your Christmas tree. Or I suppose, you know, the 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 pagan sort of um crowd will be like, oh well it's not a Christmas tree, it's a Yule tree. That's you hang you hang your stockings near that. Also he has a time belt. It's the only way he can because Kate, look just Tomahawk alone, let's say there's what? Let's say there's only 3,000 households in town. Let's say it takes them one second to deliver all the presents in, in one household. That's 3,000 seconds. Right, right there. Well, he's not going to get through the county if it takes him a second for every household. You're like, you can't get through the county in a night. He has to have a time belt. I've explained this to my kid. 
Daddy, he can't. He doesn't have a time belt. Well, how the fuck do you explain it then, Junior? Joshua also wanted us to talk about polar bears. So I will say very briefly that as carnivores feeding largely upon fish-eating carnivores, polar bear ingests a large amount of vitamin A, which is stored in its liver. In the past, humans have been poisoned by eating polar bear liver. Although largely carnivorous, they will also feed on carrion, like beached whales, and also eat some vegetable matter, mainly berries and roots in the late summer, as well as kelp. Warning. Polar bears are aggressive, curious, and extremely dangerous to humans. Polar bear should never be approached. And if one is spotted, it's best to retreat slowly on foot and cover your butthole. I don't know why it says that Good here. Good advice for, for everyone in life. In every Just basically every situation, yeah. Right. Regrettably, like other species of bear, they have developed a, a liking for garbage. The dump in Churchill, Manitoba is frequently scavenged by polar bears who have been observed eating, among other things, grease and motor oil. So I hope that um, satisfies the curiosity about polar bears this time, Joshua. So I, too, got a message from from Joshua. Oh, really? Uh, Joshua asks... um, don't forget that uh, Krampusnacht is on December 5th, oh. not too far away. So tell us how you first heard about the lovely fella. You're familiar with um, Krampus. Krampus. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's just a lovely, lovely little character. So before I... Um, go into how I um, first encountered Krampus. I will um, tell you a little about who he is. Not all of Santa's helpers are cute little elves. In Austria, St. Nicholas completely forgoes the elves in favor of a creature who really gets the job of scaring children done. Krampus is a horned demon with sharp claws and he has glowing red eyes and he wears chains and bells around his neck and um he's able to spot bad children like from like a hundred yards you can spot them wherever they are he likes to point them out to saint nicholas so that santa claus will just skip them over and not give him any presents and if he misses one and they get the presents. Krampus will steal them back. Mm. And uh, he's the uh, he's the kind of beast who um, who captures the kids and puts them in a sack and takes them down to hell. Because if kids are bad, they have to go straight to hell. Yep. Like there's none of this American like if you're naughty or nice, you get to like make a list. No hell, straight to fucking hell for the children. <laughs> And sometimes, like, Krampus gets a little lazy, and he will just take them out in the woods and eat them. So, hell or eaten by a demon. Those are your choices if you're bad. Like, be a good kid, right? So I mean, Does um, he unhinge his jaw and just swallow him whole, or is it like... like no, um, tears him apart. It's all bloody. It's a big mess. Nice. 
So, and, and Krampus also, um, like, walks up and down the street next to Santa Claus, and he's beating people with his, like, whips. He especially likes the, um, the teenage girls, because we all know, like, they're inherently evil. Yeah. Like, there is no teenage girl that is good. You just got to beat the hell out of them. So, Krampus does it, and that's him. I first encountered him. Many years ago, I was going to produce a, a YouTube show. Sadly, it never made it to air. But um, my pal, Auntie Q, invited uh, Krampus on as, um, as her, one of her first guests on this talk show. It was, uh, it, it was ugly. <laughs> Thank you, Joshua, for that question. And maybe that will air one day. Yeah, I think I think so. I think there's renewed interest. <laughs> it was a frightening show. There's, you know, there might be some market for the a chat show like that. But uh, Auntie Q uh, had some interesting friends that would come into her her little uh, den for tea. So I got uh, one here from frustrated in Florida. It says, "Dear Brent and especially Kate." I can't be quiet about this any longer. The two of you have been making light of something on damn near every episode and your insensitivity has brought me to tears more than once. My grandmother has a fairly common medical condition that can only be treated by regular use of an ovipositor. This miracle product has kept my Nana healthy, vibrant, and joyful. Daily ovipositor use is keeping her alive and all the two of you do is make fun of ovipositors. Shame. Uh, grandma, give it up. Yeah, I feel like I feel humbled to reading that. I need to rethink. Grandma's nasty old cow. The last one I have is, hey, destroy the files, exclamation point. I, thought, I know this one's enthusiastic. Just wanted to let you guys know, you're the only thing that keeps me going. You see... I have terminal disease. I don't know how much time I have left, but whenever I see a new episode has been posted, I feel like I could climb a mountain. After I listen to it a few times, I mark two weeks on the calendar, and I know I'm going to hang on until that next episode drops. You've literally kept me alive for 10 months. My crippled children and I can't thank you enough. Eugene and Boise. Well, oh, Eugene. Nice to hear from you, oh, Eugene. Man. I guess this is as good a time, yeah, good a time as any to announce that we will be taking a short break after this episode, and we're going to switch gears for a couple months and hammer out some writing, uh, at least that's the plan, who knows? I, maybe I'll just get drunk on Mike's hard ecto-cooler and play Smash Bros. Uh, the point is, season one of Destroy the Files is coming to a close. We'll be back in I January. I feel like we've done some good work. We have. And we will. We're, I'm very excited to be back in January, but I'm also looking forward to all those months of doing nothing. Yeah, just just sitting back and yeah. smoking the chiba. We will be back in January for season two. Eugene and boys, you <laughs> hope you're still around. Listen to it, but who knows at this point. Um, with more nonsense and fancy guests and ovipositor news. Mm.
by the fanged wang of Satan. I declare it so. Now, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Cyber Samurai Cowboy Charles Nelson Riley. Yes, Charles Nelson Riley delighted us all for years on Match Game as well as stage and screen. Since his death in 2007, the world has sunk deeper and deeper into the stinking rot of its own corpse. But that's all about to change now that CNR is back and he's ready to take a match to anyone who thinks crime is a game (laughs) the signature laugh only means one thing now lights out motherfucker that's cyber samurai cowboy charles nelson riley wherever your favorite candy is sold i i don't know exactly what cyber samurai cowboy charles nelson riley um is selling is it it seems like it was like a detective show or like a candy bar i don't i don't really know but glad to have them on board yes. welcome 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 this season we 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 brought some good positive sponsors that people might not have heard of we brought them to the world for the public to see learn next about. year we're going to be showing for cbd or whatever the hell casper mattresses voodoo okay. ranger white claw Hula hoops from China. I am astounded that we haven't been approached by Bad Dragon yet. No, what's wrong with them? Have they not been listening to us? Yeah, I mean they're they're like the the foremost manufacturer of ovipositors, and you'd think that they they'd want to nope nope us nope. Nope. on our podcast. Nope. Over nopeter. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Do you have any uh, Omnium Gatherum news you'd like to share with our one listener before we sign off? Ah, oh, right. What's an Omnium Gatherum? What it is is a small press that puts out amazing dark fantasy horror and weird fiction. So this year, as everyone knows, it's been a little tough for the um, for the the smaller businesses. Normally, we have maybe ten to fifteen books a year, but uh, this year we have four, and they are four amazing books. I just like to um, mention them all very quickly, and you can stop by omniumgatherummedia.com and pick up a copy of any of these four titles that we put out this year. We've got The Plot Against Heaven by Mark Kirkbride, a tale of heaven and hell in which hell is a lot like Vegas. So stop on over and and, and visit. That's a really fun little short tale. And then we have The Black Cranes, which is an anthology of uh, stories written by Asian women, fascinating and scary and horrifying black cranes. Do I have a story in there? No, because you're not an Asian woman. This is news to me. Oh, but well, please continue. your life may change. And then we have the Star Spangled Knuckle Duster by Tom Johnstone. 
And this is um, the second novella in a series of three. We, uh, we follow our heroes as they fight Nazis in, uh, of the German Bund. There's a supernatural element, and that's an excellent tale. I hate those and then we, fucking Nazis. I know, fucking Nazis. And then we have the um, Ghastly Tales of Gaiety and Greed by E.F. Schrader. Uh, this is a story about an amusement park in um, Sandusky. Oh. No, Sandusky, Ohio. There's a, a, a wonderful amusement park in it's kind of a collection of photos and snippets and news reports and stories throughout the generations um, exploring all the hunt and goings on at the amusement park. So uh, check that one out, um, Ghastly Tales. And we have more coming in, in 2021, the good year. The good year, the year when things become normal again. Or maybe that's 2022. We'll see. Well. Tell you, I'm working on a novella. I already said too much. I'm probably going to throw it at you and see if you'll publish it in 2021. You think I will? I don't know. It might be garbage, but... (laughs) I'll let you know. Before we go, I want... Oh, before we even do that, I wanted to issue a quick shout-out to my man, Matt Wajek, who created the badass art we used on the cover of Cruise Roosters and Doomsday Furnace. Matt also makes music, and you need to check out his band, Nightmare Administration. I agree. Yes. Okay. Before we go, I want to remind our one listener to support independent authors and publishers, buy their books, leave reviews, and what the hell, even read them if you want. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Destroy the Files. We sure hope you learned a lot on tonight's voyage into the imagination. Good night. And And I'm Brent. And now is the time on the podcast when we say good night. Good night. Yeah, that was a quality episode. It was. I'm going to fucking delete it. Yeah. What? Go to hell.